Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. This is episode 85. Um, one of the interesting things is that my name is still Brian Pierce. So for those of you that have never tuned in before, you just learned something. So my name is Brian Pierce. For those of you who have tuned in every single you know, 84 episodes before this one, which I would say is probably none of you, um, I'm still Brian Pierce. So it makes it really, really easy for everybody out there, I think. It's not a really hard name. It's kind of like a a mutt name, really. Brian, very, very generic. Pierce, there's probably some Saxon, maybe a little bit of English. I don't know, some Irish, probably some raped Scots. I mean, there's, it's really, really a cluster. So you could just kind of take that for what it's worth. But I'm not the important person on this show because I'm just the guy that organizes the fact that we get to have fantastic off-road racers together to talk all kinds of shenanigans, all kinds of race results, and all the stuff that has gone on in the off-road world. So for those of you who have never tuned in before, this is Seat Time. Seat Time is an off-road webcast podcast, one of those little shows that you can watch, you can listen to, and uh, you get to listen to a lot of your favorite off-road racers talk about what's been going on in the world. So if you would like to do that more often, you can tune in on YouTube, or you can tune in on Stitcher, or you can tune in on iTunes. All of those, you can go to that you know that little media outlet and you can search for Seat Time and you can find our show and you could subscribe to it. You could just download the latest one or you could go and say, hey, what's up? These guys have sponsors. They're amazing. Flyracing.com is where you can go check out Fly Racing. Of course, we have Powersport Graphics, so RidePG.com and Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash Seat Time. Those are fantastic sponsors that we have on the show. Obviously, we'll talk about them a little bit more as it becomes prevalent or maybe oh that steven are you just jerking off your beer it's awkward <laughs> it's very awkward so yeah. what's some kind of fun i hear that steven is looking for a good time around these parts so anybody who wants to come by the sea time studio you just let me know what he was actually trying to say is the fact that summer is coming up so steven if you just want to switch over really quick and be like hey what's up what am i fondling over here yeah this is the Sea Time Koozie. What's up? Sea Time Koozies are available. We had them last summer. They're back for this summer. We, we sell them in, you could buy them in a pack of two or a pack of five. I don't know if that works as five quotes, but it will. Um, and so the cool thing about these koozies is they're Sea Time Koozies, pintful awesome. You take these things to the lakes. The reason why we sell them in packs, nobody keeps one for the entire summer. You have to buy multiples of koozies. I don't think people realize that. Because you always want to support your favorite brands and all the favorite fun people out there. You want to support Seat Time? Please do it. You can go to seattime.bigcartel.com and you can purchase all of our little fun paraphernalia, swag, good times, whatever. And uh, we really appreciate it. Go check us out in the chat room. Tell Thad Duval what's up. Oh, right. Our guest tonight, episode 85, is Thad Duval. Fantastic. Mr. Duval, Thaddeus of the Duvals. How is your <laughs> evening going, kind sir? Uh, it's going good. I'm on a uh, live internet with you, with you guys. So I guess it's pretty cool. Not the worst time ever on the internet, as I like to say. I think it's kind of fun. So, dude, it's it's Tuesday as usual, 8 p.m. in Texas time, which I think is still central. Uh, you know, you're on the east, so it's a little bit later. But you, you did really good this past weekend. We'll get <laughs> to that. But you did even better the weekend before, and we're still gonna get to that. But besides all that kinds of stuff. 
What what is up? What have you done recently besides racing? What what do you do? Uh, you do anything to, or just uh, race? Just been training, uh, road biking a lot. Just been hanging out with friends, riding. You know, I try to ride as much as I can. You know, it's been awesome and uh, can't complain. The year's been going great. So whatever I'm doing, I need to keep doing. So it's been working. I would I would totally agree. Uh, <laughs> that that is absolutely one of the questions I had. Is not just. What have you changed, you know, as, as you've progressed kind of coming off the Yamaha, going to the Honda in the past couple of years? And then, of course, from last year, this year, with getting, you know, one overall win last year, and you got one this year, and you got a couple, po- four podiums this year, including that overall. Um, I mean, so obviously, you've had a fantastic year uh, as, it's, as, as things have really progressed for you. So, what have you learned the most, I guess, in all of these? crazy figured things out and how do you keep racing as a professional um just you know i learn every day you know it's it's a learning experience for me and for me to still have be having fun at it is one of the, the biggest things and you know i've learned a lot over the last year with the hondas and stuff and we're finally getting them really well and i you know i can't thank the team enough for being behind me and you know that we've been working really hard to get things situated out you know i've learned a lot just in the last couple weeks with the bikes you know we've uh as any i I know a lot of people know that i've switched over to a 250f now so um maybe carry it over to the next couple races with a 250f or maybe a 450 we never know so it's just kind of a guessing game you know i've always um almost had to flip a quarter last week to realize what i was going to ride at um indiana so you know, I was just one of those person uh, that, you know, just goes off what he feels like and whatever makes me have fun is what I'm going to do. So if it if it's being serious about it and having fun, then, yeah, let's do it. If it's not, then I don't need to be doing this no more. And, you know, when, it, when that day comes, then I, I don't need to be racing. But, you know, I'm still having fun, and I'm still right here where everybody expected me not to be. And, you know, that's great when I when I can prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah. No, I I, I... – I think you're absolutely correct. It's funny. I did not know that you actually rode the 250F again this past week in Indiana. Um, as we kind of mentioned, you did win um, on the 250F uh, two weeks prior in Kentucky, as uh, Jin Kin called it, the Tough Mudder event. Um, that was a crazy, crazy event. So do you think being from West Virginia, because you're a West Virginia native, if any – any of that growing up in the wild, maybe maybe wrestling with the pigs or doing anything absolutely batshit crazy, if you will, in the backwoods, uh, got you ready, you know, for a nasty event like that, or you know, what really prepped you for for just carrying that awesome through? Uh, just being awesomeness, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> boom, <laughs> I like it. No, you know, I, you know, I've grown up in West Virginia, and it's it's always muddy in the in the spring times and stuff, and. You know, I, I think that helped me out a bunch. You know, I'm a, if you ever look back in my career, whenever a mud race is, you know, I've, I ride really strong in the mud. And I, I think that's just because I always grew up riding it. And, you know, if, if you look at it, all the West Virginia, Ohio kids did really well at that race. And, you know, if you look at the XC2 class, Zach Nolan, he's from West Virginia. He's only about two hours from me, and he won the right. XC2 class. So I think it was just um, really similar to, to here, I guess it was, with the mud and the way conditions were and how the dirt was. So... I don't know. I I think being on the 250 kind of helped a little bit too. So I um, I'm glad I picked the 250F for there. Okay. Um, now I have a question for you in the sense that I I know that a 250 four stroke is lighter than a 450 four stroke. There's a difference in the way that they deliver power. There's obviously the torque's completely different on those bikes. But 
why did you personally say today's the day to take the 250 out in Kentucky? And then again, you know, maybe you said you flipped the quarter, but why then would you then carry that 250 over into Indiana? Um, you know, coming into the tough mutter, you know, my boss, John Ross, and me got to talking, you know, I said, hey, let's, you know, I, I was doing, I did really well on the 250F at the National Enduro, so I, I know I can ride it really well, so we did some work to it and um, did some top secret stuff. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I feel like there's no disadvantage of me riding the 250F compared to Caleb on the 350 or Charlie on the 450, you know, and, um, after Kentucky, a lot of people thought, well, you know, that's okay. He rode the 250F there. Conditions were bad. It wasn't really a fast-paced race. So I, I know a lot of people talked about how the 250F would have been the right choice there, but would he ride it anymore? You know, and it came down to Indiana where, yeah, I, I rode it. You know, I, I wanted to ride it there. And, you know, me and my dad are really, really close. You know, he grew up racing the background on the quads, and, you know, he rode bikes for a long time. So I can – um, talk to him a bunch and he can give me his input and what he does is he helps me help me helps me choose and you know if it wasn't for him then I, I don't know where what bike I'd be on right now you know and him and John Ross are really close you know when you have a team manager like John and my dad that bond really well everything goes together really well right. and, and you know I think that's what helped us with the 250F and the cho to choose it riding in indiana and you know people were like oh there's no way he'll ride there because it's kind of like a faster pace race and so we got to the race you know i walked some of the track and i was a little skeptical about having it there because there was a lot more fields than what there was last year and you know after the race i told myself there was like there was no disadvantage of me having that 250f there you know i ran with caleb and charlie all day and i think i proved that the 250f can be rain with 450s and right. you know a if it wasn't for a competitive pro bike in the xc1 class yeah exactly and you know a lot of my um decision to ride it at the indiana was based off of andrew delong's ride last year there you know i think he got second or third overall on yep. a husky 250f so i i think that's what i kind of went off of knowing that you know andrew's riding skills um and what he did last year there and you know, a lot of it came down to, I think I made the decision like a, the Wednesday before. So, I mean, dad got the bike ready in two days and then we we're off to Indiana with a 2 the F. So, right. and, and, you know, it's awesome to have that choice, I guess, you know, uh, like yeah, I've listened to Stu talk, uh, Stu, Stuart Baylor talk about how, you know, with the KTM guys, when they sign a contract at the beginning of the year, that's pretty much what they have to ride the rest of the year. So, for for my team to let me ride whatever I want to ride, that that's a cool experience for me, and you know I, I'm glad that I'm, uh, I guess making the 250F happen in the XC1 class. Yeah, I think that is fantastic that you're able to make those decisions and kind of go, uh, you know, go back and forth. But that that decision that you made to ride the 250F was a decision that was made uh, days prior to the race. It's not like a Saturday evening kind of decision. No, you know, when we go to the races, we usually just take one bike, and okay. you know, we have have a have a parts box, pretty much, to build a bike right there if we need the parts. So it's not like a Saturday night to choose. I can't run two fifty at tomorrow. No, it's like a, you know, leading up to the leading up to the race. And your dad, he's my full time mechanic, so he has to get the bike ready, and then we go to the race. So. Yeah, for me to even be like, okay, Tuesday night, I want to race two fifty F. That's still a big. That's still real close to the race. So, I mean, it's cool that I got that opportunity and making it happen. I guess. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Okay. So, 
I want to know a little bit more about you and your backstory. Now, you, you did a really good job of just bringing up the fact that your father uh, did a lot of racing. If, if I'm correct, uh, he was actually a big GNCC racer as well. Um, and you have kind of followed in his footsteps. I believe you grew up kind of racing. I don't know if you raced a lot like a Charlie Mullins kind of did, but I'd like you to kind of fill me in. So what's your backstory with the GNCC? Has that been just a lifetime for you have been in this, or when did you kind of get into racing these events? Yeah, absolutely. You know, GNCC has been my life. My dad, he was professional quad racer for 12 years, and a lot of people don't realize that him and Barry Hawk were like one and two for – you know, a couple of years and on the quad scene. So it, it, I've always been around it growing up. And I, you know, I got a bike when I think I was two and a half years old. I could ride a motorcycle before I could ride a bicycle without training wheels. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty crazy story. So, you know, and then it involved to, you know, I had a pretty big crash on a PW50 when I was, think I was three. And, you know, I really never wanted anything to do with a bike. So mom and dad, they you know, went and bought me, uh, I think a Honda 74-wheeler. And I grew up riding it. I would be drag racing at fairs and everything else. And I think I was six when I made the choice. You know, I went to them and it's like, hey, you know, I, I think I want a dirt bike. Just I don't. And then, you know, I just wanted to be kind of different from what dad's whole scene was growing up. You know, he was he was on the quad quad and I was on the bike. So I guess growing up, I've always been around. You know, I've won, I think, five or six mini championships in the GNCCs. And then um, 200B, I won a championship. Uh, 250A, I think I got fifth. Um, XC2, the first year I got fifth. And then the second year I won the XC2 championship. So I've, it's always been there. You know, I have grew up around it. So for me to be going anywhere anytime soon, it ain't going to happen because, you know, this is this is a family sport. And, yeah. You know, we, we're in it together. What was it like uh, traveling around that much as a kid, you know, following the GNCC series? I know we have a couple uh, local local Texas kids that are getting to travel around with their dads and make it out to the GNCCs, and I think that's awesome. You know, I'm 33 now. I have a, a nine-month-old and a seven-year-old daughter and stuff, and, you know, I would love to be able to do that. So what was that like growing up for you, you know, kind of, I guess, traveling this national circuit with your dad and family and stuff? It, it was awesome, you know. I never really got to experience the whole traveling thing until I was like, 13 or 14 you know we just kind of the races were more north as northern what they are today you know today they're florida georgia but maybe i was so young back then that i didn't realize that they were down that far but when i started 13 14 you know that's when dad started taking me to florida to ride and everything and and that was a cool experience for me but uh not so cool experience for my teachers in school so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but you know, for me growing up around it and being able to travel all over, you know, I mean, the United States is awesome for me. And, you know, I got the privilege to go, um, with dad to the ball 1000 when he wrote it one year on a quad and I got to go experience the whole thing. And, you know, that was a cool experience for me. That's one thing that sticks out in my mind that, that, that I take advantage of. And, you know, I, I'm very grateful of what my family has done to help me through the years and, you know, from to for them to take me all over the United States like that is awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, you got the XC2 championship in 2008. You're now competing in the XC1 class. You know, what's the biggest difference there in between those two classes? Um, you know, when I won the XC2 championship in 2008, I know a lot of people thought, um, you know, I, I was, I. I I was dominant that year. I think I won seven races out of the 13, and then I moved up. 
I wrapped the championship up early and moved up to the XC1 class. And, you know, I wasn't going to move up that year, but, you know, we started talking and stuff, and I moved up, and I just – I could never put it together, I guess you should say. And, you know, I really, really struggled just because – I don't think people realize how big of a step it is from the XC2 class to the XC1 class. It's like a whole nother level that I think the XC2 guys don't experience yet. Right. I mean, it's like the XC2, you know, them guys are full bore, you know, young. I was I was young and dumb like that one day. You know? <laughs> I, could, I could get away with doing that. But like in the XC1 class, it's it's like a whole nother racing scene. You know, it's like if you ain't at the top of your game, then you ain't going to be up front. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know, I, I struggled for a couple of years just because, you know, a lot of people didn't, didn't think I really took it serious. And I, maybe they're, maybe they're right. You know, I never, I never took it serious the first couple of years. And I think that was really a, a, a wake up call like a year and a half, two years ago when, you know, mom and dad came to me and was like, yeah, you know, if you don't take this serious then you're not going to make it any farther than what you are. And, you know, I think that was a big reality shock, and I, I guess I took that into heart, you know, and then I started turning, turning it around, and, you know, I, I was blessed with opportunity with John Roche at Shenandoah Honda when he and um, Eric Nykamp from Offer Champions came together last year and said, hey, you know, let's, we're going to give you another chance. I mean, if you give us 110%, we'll give you 110%, and, you know, if it wasn't for them, I'd I don't know where I'd be because in 2000, at the end of 2011, I had nothing. Like I know nothing. And, you know, I'm very grateful for them two guys to get me to where I'm at today. You know, I I, look at the beginning of 2012 to where I'm at now. I would have never seen I'll be where I'm at. You know, I'm the full factory backed, I guess, Honda rider through Shenandoah Honda. So it's a cool opportunity. And, you know, I'm glad that I'm, making making things happen on the hondas so i guess it's a cool opportunity so oh no i i think it's absolutely a very very cool opportunity it's it's interesting what you mentioned about how the xc2 class is such a different uh animal from the xc1 class because you know i i do look at you who came you know as a 2008 champion we had caleb russell who came through as a champion after that and then we had jordan ashburn who came through as a champion after that in the xc2 class you know and I can't say that all of you guys haven't struggled or have struggled in the XC1 class, but Caleb Russell has issues or has had some issues with kind of finding that pace. You had a couple issues with finding that pace. Jordan Ashbird seems to be having some troubles finding that pace. Um, where guy, Then there's guys like Nate Canny who say that there shouldn't be an XC2 class and that it should all be – I would not be in either one of those classes. I would absolutely be in the two-hour class. So – Believe me, my opinion on it, honestly, at this point, is irrelevant what I think, honestly. But so from you, who have been an XC2 champion and now you're an XC1 racer, where do you stand on that? I mean, do, do you I mean, you, you obviously would imagine that there's totally a need for those two different classes? Um, well, if you look at, at the XC2 class now, I mean, like the top 10 guys can be top 10 XC1 riders. Okay. Know? All right, Andrew DeLong, Andrew DeLong. You know he's like top ten overall, and you know the, usually the top five in XC two is top ten overall. So I think there could be just one class, and I think that would be some epic racing because you would have the like guys like Grant Baylor on the two fifty two stroke, and you'd have all these bikes in one class because you know like people 
would be like me to be riding the 250F, and then you'd have the two strokes and the 450. So if there's a need for two classes, no, but if it was together, it would be chaos because it would just be carnage everywhere because the XC2 guys, they're just wide open because, I, I, I mean, I've been yeah. there. So, like, I know how it is, and, you know, when the, when you're in the XC2 class and, and the green flag drops, you're like, you want to catch the XC1 guys to prove – that you are better than them. And then, you know, that's what I grew up in the XC2 class doing. was like, okay, if I would catch this guy this race, I wanted to catch the guy who finished in front of him the next race. So it, I guess if they if there was one class, it would be kind of cool, but I'd just rather it be XC1 and XC2 guys because, you know, a lot of guys in the XC2 class are, are young. I mean, look at Graham Baylor. 16. Just turned 16. 16. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm throwing it. I'm throwing this out here that he did beat Stu's record because yes, he, he did. He just turned uh, 16, so I'm throwing it out there to you, Stu. So, yep. It's funny because uh, we talked to Grant uh, Stephen. What was that about two episodes ago, or was that the past? That was two. Yeah, two episodes prior. Uh, episode 82, raise brake pedal because of the fact that we asked a big thing. It's like, so what's different between you guys, all this kinds of stuff? And we talked about that whole brotherly love and everything they've got going on. And he's like. It's kind of like the James Stewart thing. He's like, you know, my brother's done some great stuff, but I'm I'm just as great, if not, you know, more great, and I want to make my own name. And uh, man, by going out, and I told him, I was like, dude, you beat your brother's record already at 16. I was like, you are on that path to doing exactly what you told us you wanted to do, and and really putting out that I'm Grant Baylor, not Stewart Baylor's brother. You know, like yeah. And I think that's awesome. I, it's fantastic. So. In that XC2 class that's going on right now, we got Grant Beller who just got the win uh, in Indiana, Jason Thomas there in second, and Jedediah Haynes in third. But with and Andrew DeLong, you know, having having a poor race, the, the points kind of change. So Jason Thomas is now in the lead. So even though we have three races before we get to like the GNCC summer break, you know, I mean, do, do you how does how does this mentally? work for Jason Thomas or mentally not work for Andrew DeLong or for Grant Baylor, you know, kind of going into these next three races since you've been there? Um, for me being there and me knowing Andrew really well, I feel like this is just fuel for him, you know, like blood in the water. To, yeah, exactly. For him to lose a points lead like that with two bad races, I feel like he's just going to come out and be blazing fast and, you know, maybe possibly sweep the next three races. And, you know, I, He'll ride really good at snowshoe because he's bigger and bulkier, and he can muscle and bulldog the bike around. So, right. you know, I feel like he could be a contender for the overall at Mountaineer and snowshoe. So I feel like Nymph's races, he'll definitely be tough to beat. But for Grant and Jason, I guess, I mean, it'd be, it'd be tough, tough for them guys. And, you know, Jason, he won the championship last year, and he hardly had any wins if he did any. I'm not sure how many he had, but, you know, he was second or third. And it doesn't take wins to win a championship. You can win championships on your worst day. You know, that, yep. that's what people yeah, say. Absolutely. So I feel like Andrew's going to be really tough. You know, he's – I want him and – I would say him and uh, Thomas are veterans of the class kind of. So they got the experience, and Andrew knows what he needs to do. So I, I feel like Andrew can pull pull it out. Yeah, oh, I I completely agree. When we talked to him uh, again a couple uh, episodes back, and he's just he's such a quiet, awesome dude to talk to. <laughs> so reserved, yet you could tell at the whole time everything's thinking back there. Like he really he 
he, he's a good old country boy <laughs> that just that but that's always thinking like there's there it's funny but at the same time like the blood is in the water he said it on multiple interviews he's just like man i was there and i was ready to take it like yeah. So I, I I completely agree with what you're saying, especially about snowshoe. Uh, I've never raced a motorcycle there, but I've raced a couple mountain bike uh, national races there, and that is a fantastic place. I would love to be on a throttle twisted machine at one of those places. <laughs> I like that kind of like tech, more technical um, yeah. riding. Now I don't know about racing, but I would love to just go out there and ride. But we'll see. So it's probably yeah, not know, it's probably not going to happen for me though. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like be like my backyard kind of. I mean, my house really? isn't really like that, but right. so we're going to go visit I, your house too. That's cool. All right. Yeah. I'm in. So, thanks for the um, invite. We'll show up tomorrow. <laughs> All right. That's sweet. So um but like snowshoe, it, it's a physically demanding race and I think the strongest of the strong will will succeed there, you know. It's 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 a tough race and you know, for me I don't know if a lot of people in the XC2 class in 2008, I lost by two seconds to David Knight there, <laughs> and I like a, a lot of people. There's some. There's still a lot of people talk about it because my transponder didn't wasn't working at that race, and um, a lot of people with watches on said I I had to come within 30 seconds, and a lot of people said I came across like 25, 26 seconds, but by the time they typed it in to the computer i lost by two seconds so they're they're i think i could have won a 250 overall a while ago but kind of got robbed from it i guess a little bit but for me to do it at kentucky is just a sweet sweet thing yeah no i mean like you said it's your backyard you're good at mud races i think it's fantastic so keep doing what you're doing um before we kind of go on to some of the other news that's happened in some of the xc or some of the the off-road world if you will talk about a little bit of the the Husqvarna and the Husaberg crap that's been going on uh, in, throughout the world and uh, some of the other race results and stuff. I have to say thank you very much to one of our sponsors, to Fly Racing, of course. So Fly Racing, if you guys didn't notice at the very, very beginning, they're our title sponsor. They are a huge, huge supporter of Seat Time. They found us when we were about six or seven episodes in. We were just two dudes drinking on a couch, having fun, talking about motor results. Now, we haven't really changed much. We're just not on the same couch. We're still drinking. We're still talking about motor results. But we're, you know, we're a little bit more sophisticated, and that's, of course, thanks to Fly Racing. And I think you could say the same thing about a lot of the off-road um, series that are out there. Fly Racing has completely put themselves in the off-road market. They have supported tons and tons of series out there, supported tons and riders out there. They're doing a lot to make sure that everybody is having the best time that they can and riding in the best gear that they can. So... What I should say and ask of you is please go check out flyracing.com. They've got their uh, new kinetic gear for those of you that like to ride in the summer and it's hot and you want some mesh so your pits can sweat. Maybe your lower than your pits area can sweat a little bit and uh, get some coolage. Uh, Go check it out. Flyracing.com, kinetic mesh. It's the hot stuff. Maybe the cool stuff. I don't know. Steven, what do you think? So he would say it's the cool stuff. Yes. All right. Well, Steven's lively tonight, folks. you got to watch out for this guy. He'll bite your head off if you try to take away his words. All right. So Thad Duvall, uh, have you had any access to uh, thoughts on the whole Husaberg and Husqvarna, uh, or Husqvarna, if you will, if you happen to be in Europe, uh, this whole this whole. I don't know, merger, acquisition, togetherness stuff. 
Were they merged at one time? Yes, 25 years ago, I believe, what they were talking about is that it was when their roots were split, and so the, now they're they're you know back together again. Um, and uh, it's going to be Husaberg and Husqvarna brought together, and they will be under the the uh, Husqvarna banner. They will no longer. So I want to say that means that the Husaberg name will just not exist. Um, that's the way that the press releases make it sound. So. Uh, you know they're saying they're going to be under the Husqvarna name, um, and all the new models will be out this October. They know they have all new uh, Husqvarna models ready to go. So, <laughs> Wonder what they're going to look like. I know, and that's what's <laughs> funny is we've had so many like I've seen on Enduro Twenty One uh, all the all the fun photoshops and everything like that that people have done. I myself made a fun little <laughs> logo to put out there. I thought that was quite clever. Nobody else, but whatever. I mean, I had fun making it, so it's okay. But uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. We talked about this at the end of the year when we had the wrap-up when uh, Pierre Industries, the gentleman that is the president or the CEO of KTM, his own company bought you know Husqvarna from uh, BMW. And uh, so Husaberg has a lot of technology. They're, you, know, you could talk to like a Nick Ferringer. And he loves the suspension, the way that they, they the way that they put this. But he doesn't just love the suspension and the geometry of the bike, even though they are essentially KTM. There's just some differences. He loves the porting in the engine. He says that there's they ride so much different. Like his 300 Husaberg rides so much different than a 300 KTM. Never ridden one, so I can't say anything. But it, maybe there is some kind of technology there that they can bring over to the Husqvarna's and you know make yeah. some awesomeness i mean we've seen all kinds of crazy shit come out of you know husky and bmw with the crazy not really backwards but kind of weird <laughs> bike with the gas tank yeah you know you that can was gas it up from the ass end if you will like it's like what are you doing i'm just sticking it in the tail oh shit that's not the gas tank you know it's like whoops so i don't know it's that's I a weird mean, situation they're they're two boutique brands that are coming together to maybe make a bigger, less boutique brand. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I want to see Bobbitt, it. Russell Bobbitt rides them good, so I. He rides the shit out of that Husaberg. I know he like rides it good too. Yeah. So. Well, I think bad. a big thing we talked to him a little bit, and he was saying that he was really excited to be on the Husaberg because it was the PDS. You know, they still have the kind of the 2010 uh, frame, even though they yeah. they brought in the new the way that the subframe mounts. They changed the top uh, shock mount. Um, so it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit steeper angle, but it still has the PDS, and he he loves it. He likes the higher rate that that guy that it has in the way that it actually makes the the bike kind of have a little bit higher ride feel, so he doesn't have to feel so chop it out all the time. But we don't have to keep talking about that. I think it's interesting. I would love to hear everybody's opinions. The thing is, is you can find us all over the place. I'm just gonna throw it out really quick. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/seatime. We're on Twitter, Twitter. It's uh, Seatime underscore CEO. And we're on Instagram at Seat Time. So all of those little channels right there, we would love to get your opinion on that kind of stuff. If you want to take pictures of what you think the bikes are going to look like, or maybe if you want to talk about what you think they're going to do, hit us up uh, and uh, and we'll discuss. So Mullins got the win this past weekend. Um, Russell got second. Obviously, Thad Duval with his piggy pig pig got a third. Um, that race, it sounded really, really fun. It sounded like you had a fantastic ride on your 250F. You got into second behind Russell. Mullins came by kind of close to the end, got by both of you guys. Uh, he came away with the win. Russell got second. You got third. So uh, was he just like 
blazing? Like, how was that? Like, tell tell us what it's like to get passed by Charlie Mullins. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, he just turned it up another gear and took off. And I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't compete with that speed. You know, uh, I think we got the two lap board, and then halfway through that lap, Caleb took a pretty good spill, and he was in front of us, so. He was rolling around on the ground. I thought I was really hurt, so I stopped. And you know, I was like, "Hey, you okay?" And he said, "Yeah." And we, I took off, and you know, we came around. I got the pit where I think Charlie was like 15 seconds ahead. I'm like, "Holy cow!" Like yeah. he really took off. So WF. And then you know, yeah, uh, yeah. So I put on a charge because there was like four miles in between the pits and the finish line, and you know, I put on a charge, really hard charge, to see if I can make up anything. And I came to the finish, and I was like. 28 seconds down i'm like man i just lost time <laughs> like and that was right hard so I, I guess then i was like okay you know it's the last lap um just you know I, i'm on the podium i guess i'd be happy with it and you know when i really want to win but you know I, I i've crashed out of a few races trying to push the limits so i guess so i guess it was okay and you know caleb ended up catching me the last lap and uh, we were pretty evenly matched you know he was a little bit quicker than me and um, he got around me and we rode, uh, the last lap together and just couldn't make the pass back. And then, you know, I had a line come into the finish like uh, a mile before and just made a mistake with a lapper and let him get away. And, you know, he ended up beating me, but I guess it, to be on the podium with them guys and be competing with, with them, I mean, them guys have the best of everything and, you know, we're, we're trying to do it on a budget you know it's tough but you know my boss john he makes it happen you know whatever i need he's willing to open his pockets to get me and to you know that's what's got me this far so right it's awesome for me to be up there with them guys and any day that i'm on the podium is a good day fantastic you said that very well sir and we appreciate it fantastic (laughs) okay Josh Strang mentioned in his little race report about how his bike setup was really off. Now, you obviously wound up third place on the podium. So was there anything, and obviously we already figured out you were riding a 250F. Now, was there anything different bike setup-wise that you might have done to prepare for this race that uh, that helped you in a different perspective, obviously, than it did not help uh, You know, someone like Josh Strang? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to feel – I don't, like, want to sound, like – to but i like i make my bike work if it's not working i I guess that's kind of weird to say like i don't know but if it's not working then you know i know what i need to change my riding style to make it work so i guess i I mean he probably is struggling struggling a little bit because you know he's been on suzuki's for so long and then went to ktm and then now he's back on cali so he's probably trying to was in the same boat as i was at the beginning of last year trying to find a good setting but, you know, we, we've got that setting now, and I guess there's no really difference between my 450 and my 250F setup. I guess I never – I haven't really made a change. I guess for Florida, I was a little bit stiffer just because of the sand, but in Georgia, you know, I ran the same same setup as I did in Florida. So I guess I never really made a change, and my 250F is, um, uh, I, I guess, done right, you know. Right. We've we I had a I you know I've been with Factory Connection for man uh, I think I was, since I've been 11 years old and they've been really good to me and 
but just some things had to change. And, um, you know, I went with Works Enduro Rider this year, WER. He's out of PA, Drew Smith. He's been around the game for a long time. He worked with Barry Hawk on the bikes in, like, 2000s, the early 2000s. So he he knows what to expect, and, you know, he's been really cool to me. And, you know, we got the setup on both bikes where I needed to be, and it, it didn't take long. And, you know, it, it's awesome for a guy like that to already know what I need and, yeah, it worked out good, and now the stuff's working great. So, as you can tell, I'm finishing on the podium, and I think I already have more podiums this year than <laughs> last year and the year before. So, yep. everything's working good. Heck yeah, you're moving in the right direction. So, with that as a good leeway, we're coming up with uh, John Pinton the first week into June. You know, what what do you work on? Well, what do you try to figure out? Uh, what bike I want to ride? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you figure out what bike you want to ride. I mean, like is, after that, though. I mean, is it is it just just you just show up and do what you know you've been doing, or is there something else to work on? Or I mean, all um, that you know, the, the the John Pittons in uh, Millfield, Ohio, which right. is only like uh, forty five minutes an hour from my house, and it's really similar dirt. So, you know, leading up to the race, just um, ride, 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 and yep. and figure okay. out figure everything out and. You know, the John Pinton last year, it was a brutal race. It was like 100 degrees. So this year I think it might be a little bit different because it's earlier in the season. But definitely hydrate. And I wouldn't really say I'd do anything different from race to race knowing that this race is closer. But just the, the same routine every week, you know. I try to ride as much as I can and try to road bike as much as I can. And, you know, I, it's cool because I have a, a couple good friends that come and ride with me. You know, like I'm at, I'm at Lane Michael's house now in Fairmont, West Virginia, and, you know, he's been coming down, I think, every before every race, the last couple of races, and we've been riding together. And it's cool to have friends like that, you know, to always push each other. And uh, I, I think that works out for me to get seat time with other people. So I don't really want to say I'd do anything different. Just go there with the, the attitude that I want to win, and I want to win bad. And, you know, I've got one underneath my belt, and I know the taste of a win tastes good. So I want that feeling again. Heck, yeah. Well, we hope you get it, man. No, I, I really am rooting for you. You know, we've met and cu- talked a couple times uh, at the ISDE, um, then of course at a couple of GNCCs and stuff like that. Always a cool dude. You've got a great at, uh, attitude. I think that we always mix well together because of the fact that honestly we're pretty much the biggest jokers <laughs> out there. And if, and if we're That's not, right. we try to be. So <laughs> you just you, you got to keep a smile on your face and you got to keep having fun. I completely agree with all your sentiments on that for sure. So. We got three races left uh, before summer break. I'm hoping that everything goes the way that you want it to. I would definitely want to see you keep riding. One of the things I did miss this past weekend was the webcasts. Um, I've really, really been enjoying uh, what the GNCC guys have done at Racer Productions with that. It is awesome being able to, you know, sometimes I can't watch it live, but I can listen. So I'm working on whatever and I can, it can bring it up on my phone. Uh, yeah. And I can listen to it, so it works just the same as any other kind of podcast or anything like that. And it's fantastic, you know. Then I'll go sit down, and so being able to just literally, Jen Kenyon walked up to you and talked to you right after your win in Kentucky. I mean, it was it was fantastic because she got you, yeah. she got you muddy, got you sweaty. You know, you were just there. It was it was dirty. It was nice. So That's I mean, what right. have you thought about that? Have you have you heard any feedback about how the webcast has gone? Yeah, yeah, I think it's cool. You know, like um, I have a lot of family that's into my racing, so. A lot of them don't get to travel like we do, so they get to catch it on Sundays, and, you know, that's that's cool. And, you know, it's a really big hit, I think, you know, and a lot of people were kind of upset that, you know, it wasn't live in Indiana because it 
if it would have been live, it probably would have been one of the best races of the year because we you know we really put on a show for the for the people. And I think it, that race should have should have could have would have been cool to be live. But you know, you know, you know, we're we're no national motocrossers, if you know what I mean. But yep. <laughs> so. Well, at least say we don't make the money like they do. So. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and say it because, if, as uh, as everybody said, we're kind of a wide open show. We did offer up our services um, to Racer Productions to do their webcast for them, since they were yeah. going to have essentially their entire staff out of uh, out at the, on the west coast at Hangtown, and we were turned down. It happens. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's you know, it happens. Uh, but I just want to say that we were more than willing to get out there a day or two early. <laughs> Figure it out, make it happen, because yeah. I think it's great. I, as a fan, love it. I, as a part of the industry, love it. Uh, as a as a writer, love it. Like all that stuff. So, for me, and I know for Steven as well, it was it was about pushing ourselves and the knowledge that we have, and it was about keeping going something that we think is awesome and is going to push the sport that we love. So it was yeah nothing more than that for us. But hopefully, we can all figure out something and we can keep going. So. I want to know: Did you get a chance to watch any of the X Games this past weekend? I no, I did racing, not. But I, I don't know if you had a DVR. You set it and watched. Well, I did watch the finale or final of the X Games, uh, men's enduro cross and women's. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mike Brown won. Dude, that guy is incredible. Dude, he's like forty-one years old. He has hair on his body that is older than I am. That's ridiculous. Well, like I seen him in full action at the six days. So I mean, that guy, that uh, like that is like an idol to me. Like that, that guy is something else. That yeah. is awesome. He's old enough to be your dad. Like I, he really is, though. For straight real. up, like, and he still he could kick your ass, <laughs> and then like have another kid, and then kick your ass again. I mean, he's like he's on it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I have, I have. I kind of tried to talk to some different people about the course that was out there. I don't really know that I totally enjoyed the course overall. The technical bits that they built I thought were good, but I thought they were too spread out. Um, and, and I don't know if – I have no idea if the X Games Enduro X people are in league with the Enduro Cross series There's people. There's no way. There's no um, way. It, it feels a little different. Um, yeah. But at the same time, X Games is big enough to maybe try some things and and see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought the course was sick. Like I I would enjoyed it. Oh, I would have loved riding it. But yeah. I thought like racing. I just like it felt a little too open. Like yeah, it was like, pretty fast. I mean, it was kind of like a a fast like a fast enduro motocross yeah. kind of. Thing, it so. was like it was just like it looked like it was like wide open straight away shut it down for a turn technical obstacle wide open straight away shut it down for a turn technical op- you know what i mean like yeah i, it, I agree and I, I don't I, and having raced a couple enduro crosses i'll throw it out there like i do almost every other episode um i just you know in when we were going to was it uh gilmer oklahoma something no not gilmer it was somewhere in oklahoma uh it was like Lazy E Arena. It was awesome, but it was super technical. It was like all 180 degree turns, like, and it was like obstacle, 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 yeah. turn, obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. You know, it was just like nasty as shit. And so maybe I just mentally yeah. kind of have that picture in my head that that's what I expect. So that's all right. X Games obviously blowing this shit up. 
Enduro X, as they like to call it, Enduro Cross, as we know it, yeah. is getting much bigger. Mike Brown got first place. Got it was just it was just ridiculous. Of course, then we had Colton Hager, who almost got the pass for the win at the very end there, when Mike Brown yeah. got stuck in those rocks, and then uh, Cody Webb coming in third place. Dude, I it was great. Did you I see? Mean, the, did you see the GoPro that was uploaded of Destry Abbott today? I saw a picture. <gasps> I saw the picture. Yeah. Did, did you see the whole video? No, like okay. I've seen a picture of like him looking up at the bike. Yeah, that looked like yeah, shit. Man, that's, <laughs> that's bad. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> well, it's, uh, what what sucks is uh, so they were talking about Destry Abbott not making the heats because of the fact that he had that bad wreck in quali- yeah. in qualifications or his hot lap or whatever, and uh, so. In that last lap, Taddy Blazusiak, you know, biffs it on that, uh, on, on the, yeah. on the ex- and they're like, oh my gosh, that's what Destry Abbott did. And that's when I was like, oh, that had to hurt. And then you see that picture and you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know like, it was nasty. as a rider be like, oh, man, yeah. like that bad. When you're looking at your bike like that, I mean, granted, obviously when you're riding, it happens so much faster, <laughs> but still like. Those split seconds when you see your bike, you know, three feet above your head, you're like, mm, this is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad ordeal right there. Yes. So the women. Um, now, obviously, I don't take anything away from this but because I, I know the fact that Maria Forsberg would kick my ass on a dirt bike, and that's fine. I'd be, I'd be happy to be behind her on a motorcycle. Yeah. Either in her little monkey cage or whatnot, her side cart. But uh, Le- Leana Sanz, I want to say, uh, the, 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 lady, the lady who won – I'm yeah. sorry, but she was dominant. Like, like she was like she was going through obstacles probably better than I would go through them. Yeah, you like, could you could see her trials background. I mean, you could yeah. you could like feel it through the TV. <laughs> she was like doing the foot plant turn and everything. Like, that's yeah. a bad girl right yeah. there. Yeah, and, and obviously they did a, they did a fantastic backstory on her. Um, if you kind of watch, if you I, I know I watched, uh, I'd say. 90% of the coverage this past weekend on the X Games. And they did a couple of backstories on her. And it was really cool to see, you know, she's been riding, you know, kind of like you were saying, like since like five or six, if not younger. But she has a much uh, bigger trials background. And you could yeah. see it. I mean, you could just, oh, yeah. you could tell, like right off the bat, like how different the other ladies' riding styles were compared to hers. Um, so it's, man, I, yeah. I don't I don't know how, like say like, uh, so – you know, she got first. Maria Forsberg was second, and uh, Sandra Gomez, who was also from uh, Spain, uh, got third. But and you know, uh, Casey Martinez, fantastic job. She got the whole shot. Was doing really, really good in the earlier yep. parts of the event. But I, I don't know how they step it up. I mean, obviously they're doing great where they're at. But I mean, if they really want to try to take on Liana, yeah, like they. Um, I mean, nothing against the other girls, but they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it's it's crazy what they need to do. So. I don't know. We'll see. So, did you get to watch? They just posted it a couple minutes ago. The new J Day uh, off road edit from this past no, weekend. Oh, I, but I've watched the J Day edits before, and they're yeah. sick. Okay, well, this time they did like the J Day ripples. Because if you will, yeah. if you have a, a Boston Mass, or I don't know, I can't. Ripples. I can't yeah. Yeah, ripples. Yeah, I can't even yeah. fake that accent. I'm totally from Texas now. It's horrible. <laughs> um, that is sick. Because they did like a thug edit, if you will, like. Mm, I mean, there yeah. there is some footage of those dudes riding those 125s. I mean, just WFO, like hitting, and there it's raining on that bitchin' northeastern terrain, and they're just, oh, yeah. it's dirty good. 
you will feel like an animal when you watch that video. It is fantastic. Yeah, whoever does the edits does a pretty good job. It's a uh, Ben Ben Gustaf. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Yeah, it's like Benny Productions or something. Yeah, like it's that. like I want to say Ben Gustafsson, but I really feel that that's not northeastern enough. Butchering enough. Yeah, man. totally, totally, <laughs> just did not give him the respect he deserves. But he's been, he's been killing it. It's been fantastic. I've loved yeah. been watching that stuff. So Johnny G, fantastic job getting first place. He went one and one in the uh, two moto format that they do there. Kyle Hangos again, probably butchering a name. Two and two on those, and then Joss Sanamo. I apologize because I'm probably screwing all this up, but he went five and three for third overall on the weekend at the J Day. So obviously, good, good job for those guys. I mean, I want to go to one of those so bad. I want to know what he could do in Texas. Like, do you think he could just bring moisture with him? Ah, I don't know. Because that would be fantastic. There's no comparison to Northeast terrain, like dirt wise. I mean, my house is epic pretty much all year round so there's no other dirt like it hmm. i don't know maybe you can know. just drink like thousands of truckloads of dirt across america for you i mean i think i'm worth it <laughs> <laughs> probably not i i unfortunately have to apologize for my cider filled egotism and we will we will talk about other things so steven anything uh from mr burson no? Uh, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, just to, to give a heads up, we were trying to talk to Nick Burson. He got third place this past weekend, been on the podium a couple times. Some of the National Heron Hounds that have been going on. Uh, fantastic job. We wanted to talk to him a little bit. But unfortunately, he's in California. He, As people have talked about, he definitely lives the privateer lifestyle. That guy works uh, you know, 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week, sometimes six, makes it out to those National Heron Hounds, races Drives his ass back, does it all over again up at 6 a.m. So we will love to have him on soon. Um, and that's a good lead way. One, we're going to talk about one of our sponsors. Two, we're going to start talking about a little bit of Hare and Hound, some of the results that went on, and then what's going to be coming up. So one of our fantastic sponsors of Sea Time is Squarespace. So squarespace.com slash Sea Time is where you can go to find out more about these guys. But what you're going to find out is that they are going to help you build the most exceptional website that you can. And why I say that is because of the fact that a lot of people struggle. Oh, where do I host my website? How do I design my website? Where do I put my website? What do I put on my website? Well, the thing that you don't ever have to worry about is any of that except what you put on your website. Because the thing is, you go there, you go sign up. Oh, I'm now a member of Squarespace. And you do it for free, which is fantastic. Um, so you go in there, you're like, oh, I want to sign up. Oh, I get a free little thing to try out. What's going to happen is you get to pick out from all these responsive themes, which are beautifully, beautifully designed, and you get an exceptional website that looks professional. It's going to help you get more sponsors and make you look more awesome. You will get calls from the ladies. It's going to be fantastic. So, and us at Sea Time, because of the fact that we're just as cool as Thaddeus Duval, we like to save you 10%. We have a discount code for you. So, Sea Time 5 is how you save 10% when you sign up if you choose to. Uh, when you sign up, and uh, you can save 10% off of either your monthly, yearly, bi-yearly, however you want to pay. You just do it that way, save 10%. The more you spend, the more you save. That's kind of how it works. So thank you, Squarespace, for your support of Seat Time. Squarespace.com slash Seat Time. Check them out. Just got code Seat Time 5. That was a good, that was a good job. Touchdown. Hey, man. You got to give it up for when it's you know done being gived up. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So a little bit of hair and hound action before uh, before we let you go. Uh, before before we talk about some of the stuff coming up. Before we let you go. So Kurt Caselli. What do you have to say about him? Dude's on fire. Right. Right. Real is he not like fire. one of the coolest guys ever as well? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm a higher rank than whoa, he is. I'd say. Whoa, whoa, hey, Caselli has sent me a jersey. You haven't. <laughs> Dude, I got tons of jerseys. Dude. Come on. Ah, look at this. My little wall here. I could be like right beside the fly, fly jersey. I'm I'm okay with that. All right. I'm just saying. Okay. This is my wall of awesome. This isn't like just, just uh, you know, I, this is not just paid advertising, if you will. I understand. This jersey is older than I am. I know you can't see it because we don't have the greatest thing, but this is uh, this jersey is older than I am. This is a vintage New Orleans Enduro Association jersey. New Orleans, motherfucker. Do you have any idea how many of these exist? Very little. So, boom. That's what's happening. So, Kirk Caselli is obviously still awesome. We can uh, bring that back. And uh, right. Ivan Ramirez actually put up quite the fight this past weekend. I really think he wanted to try to beat Caselli. I think he's been trying for a while. Um, and it, it's good to see... For me, anyway, to see him start to, I guess, perform the way that they expected him to, um, I think that you know, we could we could say that it's very very difficult because, you know, as as we've talked about with say a little bit of the XC two to XC one class, you know, there's there's some there's a learning curve. You really yeah. do have to get in there and figure out the system, figure out the different races, and obviously, uh, having not really raced a ton of hare and hounds um, in his career, he's still figuring it out. But I, I think it's coming together because, I mean, he really – it sounds like he had was pushing Caselli or was pulling him the whole time. Caselli finally caught him there towards the last loop and uh, and took the win. And then Nick Burson, who we were trying to uh, have on a little bit to talk to, uh, in third place. And I think that's uh, that's got to be – he's had a couple podiums. That's like the second or third podium. So I think it's pretty good. Have you ever done any kind of hare and hound desert racing there, Mr. Thad? No, but I know them guys are crazy to be doing that. Like, right? There's... That bomb run is ridiculous. <sighs> and that's it. It's like, how far back does the throttle go? That far. I remember like... being at, in Mexico for the Ball Hall 1000 one time, and Destry Abbott was on a KX500, and he came by <laughs> us going like 100 mile an hour through like three foot, three foot deep whoops, never let off, just warm, like... I like literally crap myself. Like I was like, "Holy cow!" Mm. Crazy. <clears throat> I don't want to do it. I mean, I do, but I don't. I yeah, keep, I, I, respect, I respect them guys. Oh, dude, that, yeah, what they do is crazy. I mean, they go so so. I mean, I do a lot of enduro racing, and uh, obviously, you know, we were on a row together at the National yeah. Enduro in uh, Concho in Texas, and. Uh, it was fun. You crashed out. What happened? What? Did, I don't even know what happened. You crashed out. Uh, uh no. Um, had a fuel pump problem in the second test. Ah, so shit, bumming. Yeah, I remember Bum. coming by and you were kind of like picking yourself and the bike up off the ground. I think it was the third test when that happened. Yeah, I jammed the rock in my sprocket, so I was trying to get it out, and it was just a bad day. Bad yep. day. They, they all happen. I. I try to say that about all my racing experiences. It was just a bad day. Oh, but so one day I may all figure out it's the athlete and it's not the bike. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. So I, I want to do a hare and hound. I want to come. I want to race at GNCs. I mean, like I love riding my motorcycle and all of this stuff. All these podcasts that I do, it just makes me want to race more. 
Um, it does. It maybe makes me more afraid because of the fact that we've got guys like you know Skylar Howes and uh, and Toby Price unfortunately going down at yeah, this uh, Hair Hounds a couple weeks ago. But I think we all kind of know that that's what we're getting into. You know, I mean, I'm six weeks out today from my shoulder surgery, so yeah, I don't know. I want to do it. We should figure yeah. it out. We should start a travel the country team, or we just do a bunch of cool racing. Come pick me up. I'll be. Let's go. Yeah. I know. I think that's what every uh, professional racer wants to actually have happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so some of the stuff that's going to be coming up, we've got uh, John Pinton, as we were talking about, uh, the first weekend of June. Uh, J-Day Off-Road this coming up weekend is going to be round four in uh, Baldwinville, Massachusetts. I don't. I would love to hear how those guys pronounce that kind of stuff because <laughs> the, what they, it's a Boston mass. Like, yeah, it's a whole other language. It is. It really is. It's kind of ridiculous. It's like it's like a different from ours to like cajun yes yes you're absolutely right and uh and then of course we've got a uh, round four yeah. of the oma coming up this coming this weekend in fort smith arkansas so caleb russell got his first oma win uh mother's day weekend at round three in indiana and be going for another win paul wibley has not seemed i guess on par with how dominant he was last year um, at the OMAs and at the GNCC, so we'll see. You know, obviously he's he's had an, a wrist injury. They've talked about that a lot. Um, hopefully he keeps recovering and he keeps getting better and he can kind of uh, get back up there and compete with those guys for the whole race. I know that he did a really good job this past weekend at the GNCC being up front. So, what about yeah. you, Thad? Any other stuff coming get, up this weekend? He'll get stronger. What, what are your Memorial Day plans? Are you gonna go hunting? Uh uh, no, just a family cookout and riding my dirt bike. Boom. I look forward to that. I think I'm going to have... Dog, hamburgers. I mean, come on. Living yeah. the dream. A little bit of Taco Bell. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say I did, but I might. So, um, are you going to try to do any other international racing this year? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, I guess the better question is, do you want to do some more international racing this year? Yeah, I mean, definitely. If, I, if the opportunity arises. If the opportunity is there, then let's do it. <laughs> all right. So if anybody out there has not, uh, I guess, uh, propositioned Thaddeus Duval about going to the ISDE this year, you should. You should definitely proposition him about it. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. So. I know we will. It's gonna be like trophy team, junior trophy team. I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know. Mm. But uh, <laughs> speaking of Memorial Day weekend, we have the ISDE qualifier this coming up weekend in Boise, Idaho. I just thought about that. Uh, last year, I did the twenty-seven hour drive there. That was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, it was one hundred and ten miles that we raced day one. One hundred and ten miles day two, and then we drove twenty-seven hours back. Um, that's a long weekend dude dude i i my hand <laughs> I promise you never doing it again that was that's the some of the best riding i've ever done in my entire life never am i doing that again that was ridiculous never we we literally went batshit crazy at like 14 hours in and we stopped in golden colorado which was about 15 15 and a half hours in dude that lady who checked us into the hotel thought we were crazy. Like, it, we, there was no thinking possible. Like, it was 
just totally out there. It was hilarious. That's a that's too far to drive. Uh, yeah, it was nuts. It was fun, but man, yeah, I'm much gonna rather try to go to Ohio in the future when it's just like a yeah. 17 hour drive. <laughs> so I could do that in one day and still feel sane-ish. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I want to give you a chance, obviously, to tell everybody where you are, where people can find you before we start kind of closing up this little episode here. Um, find me on Twitter, Thaddy, uh, T-H-A-D-D-Y-989 on Twitter and Instagram. So give me a follow and follow the life, I guess, of me. I mean, I – like taking pictures and i like updating my twitter sometimes it gets me in trouble though but hey i have to watch hey i just like to have fun and um you know i, I gotta watch what i do and you know that's fine with me you know i i enjoy what i do and you know i i, I want to make this a career so if that's what it takes and i'm willing to do it so um give me a follow and see what happens yeah i will publicly slip my what is it publicly solicit myself on twitter for the world to see <laughs> Oh, yeah. Daily, baby. Daily. <laughs> Daily. So before we go ahead and tell you where you can find us and follow us and thank, uh, uh, you know, Thad, Thaddeus, Thaddeus. I just have to ask, where Thaddeus, that's your first name. Yeah, that's my first name. That's that's wicked. Like, no, I don't really like it, though. What is it? Is it Roman? Like, what is that? I mean, that's like. I don't know. I have no idea, actually. I know it's in the Bible. That's all I know. Hey. Well, it has to be European-ish th- then, right? I think it's like a Greek god, maybe. Oh, I don't know. You're I like, now, you're just, now you're just <laughs> blowing air up your skirt, buddy. Nah, <laughs> come on. All I right, so we've been talking to Thaddeus Duval, and uh, he's a fantastic man, I'm not going to lie. But some other fantastic people that we have to say thank you very much for their support of Sea Time is Powersport Graphics. Where can you find them? On the internet at ridepg.com. They, of course, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter. Actually, Jared Bolton runs their uh, all their social media now. So not only can you get in there with that little leprechaun and make fun of him for his little gingerness, but you can hang out and you can have fun with uh, Powersport Graphics online all the time. They're actually really, really cool people to talk to. We get to go in there and we get to uh, chat it up. We get to come to them, all kinds of fun ideas, custom stuff all the time. But obviously, sometimes custom's not the way to go. You are trying to find a way to fit a budget. And I think that this is what's awesome is they have a really good way to do that. So you can save 40% if you go into their designs and you can choose the ready-to-ship option. It will automatically save you 40% off of the price because of the fact that all the back and forth that goes along with a custom graphics, it doesn't it doesn't apply because you're getting what's right there on the screen. Um, of course, if you order before 11 a.m. Eastern time, you get it same-day shipping. Um, and then if you wanted to order anything else off of their website and save 10% off of those purchases, you just use the discount code SEATTIME. So I think that's pretty uh, pretty good, pretty awesome, easy way to do it. Um, and then, of course, this is SEATTIME. So where are you going to find SeatTime? SeatTime.co is the website that, uh, that you know all of our stuff happens at. Where we archive all the websites where you can find uh, all the links to awesome that go on. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're on twitter.com slash seattime underscore co. If you want to tweet us real hard, just as uh, Thad was talking about, we like to, uh, like, to, like to put our life out there. We want you to follow us. We want you to pay attention, see what's going on. And then, of course, uh, what's that last one there? Did I talk about Facebook? Man, I'm like screwing this stuff up. Ctime.co is our website. Facebook.com slash Ctime's our Facebook. Ctime underscore CO is our Twitter. Damn it. 
Steven, why would you let me F this up? You're my boss. I'm trying to control the camera over here. That's too. true. That's true. I, I believe that Steven is better than I am at this. That's it. You're doing the next show. Steven is going to be doing the next show. I'm going to produce. It's going to be a fun time. Thaddeus Duvall. Thaddy, Bad Thad, you dirty mamma jamma. We really appreciate you being on the show and uh, giving us an hour of your time. It has been a fantastic evening, kind sir. How, what What have you thought? Uh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah? Um, I, yeah. I uh, Good. definitely probably tune in and watch the episodes now for sure. You know, I, yeah. Now that I might be cool. on them, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've watched a few, but I've never really got into it. But I'll probably check it out now for sure. Good. I appreciate it. So you're going to go to seattime.co, watch. That's listen, right. Get all up in there. Yes, sir. Tweet us real hard at seatime underscore co. Mm. Dirty. Dirty. Get in there. All right. Hey, this has been Seat Time. Again, Thad. Really appreciate the time. If nothing else, remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. And I guess we'll see you next Tuesday. Right, kids? Peace.